0: Welcome to Hollywood 2.0. This is Peter Katz. On today's show, my guest is Anne Jameson, professor and author of FIC Why Fan Fiction is Taking Over the World.
1: The other day there was a really good article, I thought, in, in a magazine called The Tablet, which is a magazine of Jewish culture, and it was all about, like, Jewish fan fiction, how you could, you know, turn to fan fiction to find, like, the Jewish Avengers or, like, you know, Harry Potter doing a Seder or all of these things, which are, you know, you're, you're not going to find um, – you might find other stories about Jews, but you're not going to find the Jewish Avengers anywhere else but fan fiction. So there's a lot of stuff that you'll find in fan fiction that you won't, you know, find anybody else anywhere else. But it's it's hard to find. Like you have to know how to look, and most people, if they they just Google fan fiction or something, they're gonna they're gonna end up with something, you know, that seems awful, well, <laughs> like what happened
0: to me. Well, if you look at a lot of things like punk rock or rap or anything that seems oh it's on the fringes. But it hits that critical mass where it becomes the popular culture that people all accept. Mm -hmm. And And I think that fan fiction has the potential to be that. Because it's interesting that, yeah, there's a talk show host who goes, oh, it's fan fiction. And then there's furries. There's always a look at that outsider. But eventually somebody who's like, you know, in high school writes some fan fiction that's brilliantly written. They might be on the next like talk show being interviewed just like a regular author would be because mm-hmm. right now really what is the definition of an author and a self published author is starting to blur.
1: Yeah, and that happens also as you have a site like Wattpad, which is this enormous site um, that has forty. 40- million registered users and it's global and it it, it mixes fan fiction and um, original fiction people publish both on it sort of side by side Uh, but it's huge in places like the Philippines right it is one of I think it's the one of the top three apps in the in the Philippines of all these people writing directly onto their phones and like reading on their phones and there are television shows being produced off of Wattpad directly off of Wattpad in the in the Philippines um they're probably not fan fiction but maybe some of them are, are fan fiction and so I think you're right like that line is getting blurred especially you know because people see that you know a lot of the Hollywood movies that are being made, well, they always have a source, right? Like I mean, Joss Whedon didn't come up with the Avengers himself, you know, <laughs> I mean, um the that's normal. Nobody, nobody says to a director, why don't you write your own screenplay? Um, but everybody's, uh, everybody's perfectly happy to think of a director as an artist. Um, and so I think that there's, there's a confusion in writing, um, that the writer is supposed to do all of the things all of the time, um, in a way that there's not, in other art forms so like nobody goes to musicians starting out and saying like why aren't you writing all your own music why do you keep playing other people's music like that's weird you know the, 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 of course you're doing covers <laughs> what else are you gonna do well,
0: like wattpad is it growing the community or just servicing a community that just needs it
1: um it's growing a really different community i mean from what i can see the the people using wattpad most actively um are you know extremely young and aren't necessarily coming out of geekdom in the way that, you know, other fan fiction communities have. Um, it tends to be much more also like boy bands, um, uh, celebrity based, a lot of, but also like a lot of Korean pop music based fandom. So it's a little bit different and they don't have necessarily the same sense of like tradition and rules that... Um, other fan fiction communities have although they may have their own rules i think i think that wattpad can be like a real um game changer in the way that people think about well both fiction and fan fiction because if you think about it like this is the first generation globally that's going to be primarily encountering what they read and write on their phones I think one of the things that we learn from looking at um, fan fiction, which I think should be interested in people who study like media generally, is is just every time there's a technological sort of advance, the way that people um, produce and consume literature and other, you know, to a certain extent, other art forms, you know, depending on the art form. uh, But it changes. And you can see that, you can trace that in fan fiction that they're often like, I mean, the first people actually using the internet for for writing fiction and and sharing fiction are um, are people on Usenet, uh, you know, swapping um, X file stories, or maybe even Gopher, you know, and 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 way before anybody's doing anything like Wattpad. So um, I think that you know Wattpad though may be um, one of the first to take phonefic global, although it's like been big in japan for a long time i mean i'm pretty interested in how those kinds of technical technological innovations like for example the printing press you know change how people write and think about their writing
0: when we talk about the culture of a platform why are they different and you know is it just because the people that come there just kind of forms or is it because the technology creates a certain environment that has a Creates a different lens of how they look at this material.
1: I really think that um, a lot of it has to do with the structure of the platform itself, and you know how it enables people to compare and find things, um, like fanfiction.net, which was the first really large clearinghouse for fanfiction that was sort of multi fandom. You could search by the source material, <laughs> but and you could it was all organized by the source material, um, but you couldn't. There wasn't that many. Uh, there weren't that many filters like you couldn't necessarily easily find um uh, specific kinds of fiction about you know different kinds of source material you couldn't do that at all so if you were looking for i don't know um you know coffee shop alternative universe you just want to read about all kinds of Fictional characters in a coffee shop There was no way that you could do that But now on Archive of Our Own Which is a fan run not for profit Archive um, You can tag everything So you can have any number of tags On your fan fiction which would then allow Somebody to find all of the Coffee house AU's that you can read about The Avengers running a coffee shop Or Harry Potter running a coffee shop Or Harry Potter running a coffee shop With the Avengers and you know Then there are in the Minecraft world world in a coffee shop or whatever it is, you know, so it's that's that's really that makes it much more sort of cross source and really changes the kind of conversation you could have because you would meet these fans who are interested in other sources, but in the same kinds of stories. And then, um, whereas Wattpad doesn't have anything... I mean, they kind of had to have tags, but so far as I can see, it's really hard to find anything by them, and most people don't. But they have these strong story categories. So for a long time, you could find things that were in the romance category or in the science fiction category that were also fan fiction. Um, And so there was a lot of, like, crossover with real... um, uh, With, like a real original science fiction and then like science fiction about the one direction boy band. Um, and they'd be in the same, they'd be lumped together in the same category. And that was something that I hadn't seen before that you would only see on Wattpad. Um, and those are significant. They, they really change how people think about stories and then on Tumblr, like the, it, it's completely, it's so easy to reblog and to reblog around along tags so that if you're on one tag and then another tag sort of gets popular on that, you'll be introduced into this whole other community. Um, and it gets very, very political. So Tumblr has developed into this very political place where people talk about, you know, fan fiction and, and fandom generally and celebrity culture and. Um, and then the tags organize it politically which is something that doesn't happen on any of those other platforms so it's it, and that has to do with how easy it is to to reblog and share the conversations so, which none of those other platforms have. So it's it's really interesting how all of those different platforms do. And you know, there are things that you think this is going to change it forever, like MySpace. Oh my gosh! And and nobody uh, nobody ever thinks about it again.
0: How intense does this get? Is there is there debates going on on Tumblr?
1: Well, I mean, in terms of, I mean, it, I should clarify in terms of just debates about fan fiction and the. That's been going on for forever. Like that's been going on since zines. I just wanted to
0: make sure because uh, when you said Tumblr, I was thinking YouTube comment sections for what – whatever reason those somehow this get really like hot with arguments so i didn't know sure even comparatively to the other fanfiction platforms well, tumblr somehow incited more like what golf-like. i mean
1: is no what i mean is this i mean there's always conflict within um discussions about a particular story or there are always comment sections on fix or in fandoms but they tend to be kind of um isolated in um In that fandom. So if you're having like a large discussion, say 10 years ago or even five years ago about, you know, Harry Potter and who Harry should end up with, like Draco or Hermione. um, And you could have an enormous, huge, passionate discussion about that that gets into gay rights and gets into feminism and gets into all of these political issues. But the people that are having it are having it about Harry Potter what happens on Tumblr is you could have that same discussion, but it's tagged like, I don't know, gay rights and feminism. And so then all of the people who are having discussions about real world issues um, uh, without reference to Harry Potter, well, then they could also see that post and weigh in or say, why are you talking about fictional characters who were trying to save people from, you know, death. Uh, and so the conversations pluri- proliferate, like, outside of not just individual source fandoms, like, not just, you can go between Harry Potter and Supernatural on Tumblr, but you can also, um, because of the subject tags, um, much more quickly get beyond um the fandom conversation oh
0: oh, i see what you're saying saying? so it's a double-edged sword so in some ways that tumblr could be a gate gateway drug i do not say drug that it's bad but just getting people into the world of fan fiction you could also invite sorts of debates that would not necessarily happen on a purely fan fiction platform
1: exactly exactly or it can intensify those debates and the um the rhetoric on tumblr is you know extremely charged so you know you get somebody saying they might say something like oh well i'm just going to come out as a fan fiction writer Um, And within a couple of minutes, that person is getting death threats because they use the word come out to talk about fan fiction um, when it's supposed to be um, about, you know, helping people who are not fictional, who are actually, you know, gay um, be public in the world. Uh, And that writer just maybe used the phrase and didn't understand that she was talking to these other people and hadn't thought it all through. And so it can get blown way out of the context that you thought you were addressing you know very quickly in a way that doesn't happen quite so much on other platforms
0: i I see that there's certain platforms that are exclusive to that experience there's a term i think it's called onboarding it's when people first start playing a game or going to a website is how they engage with that when they haven't been brought to like developing that you know specific knowledge around it and the patterns so how do people like land in uh, fan fiction, like what is the typical different uh, paths that you've you know spoken to individuals who are contributing or just reading? What is the where do they usually where do they usually come from?
1: They usually, I mean, they love the thing that they you know they love the book or the movie or the television show or the comic book, and they want more of the same. Like they just want more, or they love it and they think that the writers just totally messed it up and they want to fix it. (laughs) I'd say those are the most common origin stories that I hear. Loving something and wanting more and loving something and wanting to fix it. But it's almost always like this intense love of the thing itself. Sometimes combined with I've always wanted to write, but very often it's like I didn't know I wanted to write until I discovered fan fiction. <laughs> so I'd say that the one common, um, the one common denominator, denominator is this really strong feeling about the source material. And it used to be quite difficult to stumble onto fan fiction. And you used to hear all the time that, you know, people had been writing these stories in their notebooks and keeping them in drawers for years, but they never knew anybody else did it. But I think that's going to be increasingly difficult, you know, and now if you were to Google, like, you know, Draco and Hermione, because you always felt that Draco and Hermione um, should be together, well, you know, it's going to take you .03 seconds to come up with a fan fiction, whereas, you know, a generation ago, you would have had to know someone who was in the fandom or stumble across a zine, maybe at a con, word of mouth, you know, then get something in the post office. It was a lot harder. I mean, people who are fans from that era talk about like the incredible effort that went into, you know, producing and finding fan fiction. Um, And now it's just, you know, click.
0: If you want to be a writer, it seems like fan fiction is great because you have that instant feedback that a lot of other uh, forms of writing don't have such an energized community around,
1: right? And I think it can't—you know—that can be really, it can be really good. Although, you know, I don't feel—I don't feel like training wheels or um, training is the only function that fan fiction has. I mean, it certainly has been important for a lot of writers, and especially, I think, writers from, you know, maybe from ba- from backgrounds where they haven't been trained to think of themselves as a writer or you know they've had a lot of circumstances or prejudice holding them back from feeling that way about themselves i mean i think that there's a there's a reason why um, so many more women turn there's well, there's a lot of reason why so many more women than men turn to fan fiction, although it's hardly exclusive and you know in the brony fandom in the my little pony fandom it's completely different. Um, but it's it's a lot of people who you know often don't have a ton of self-confidence gro- going in and they, they might not have the self-confidence to sit, say and sit down and say, I could totally write a novel and sell it today, so I'm gonna do that. but they might have the self-confidence to think, well, I could write a scene. And put it up, and probably no one would read it. And then, if people read it, it's really exciting for them. And if people read it and say, "Hey, you know, I, I like your effort on this, um, but I think it would work a lot better if you included some punctuation." Well, you know, the person might learn from that. Um, so well, it can be really, yeah. It can but be you just don't have, immediate.
0: yeah, you just don't have that in a lot of other types of writing where people are looking for it. They're trying to go back and forth and try to give feedback. Say, you know, you're a script writer, not everybody might want to read your script, but
1: <laughs> no one wants to read your script.
0: I mean, comparatively, if you're saying, Hey, you know, I'm doing a Fast and the Furious fan fiction or something like that, people are like, All right, what is your take on that? You know, and mm-hmm. even if it's not perfect, you still have an audience that has loved the movies and they just still want to see another perspective because the movie isn't released yet. You have to wait for who knows how long till the next film comes out. But here, this is kind of like a, a bite sized snack that you could just have in the interim
1: exactly no that's i mean the the discovery or the people already having an interest in something that you might write is is huge you know as anyone who's trying to write a script or a book knows it's really hard to get people to pay attention you know everybody especially in la yeah everybody in la has a script like you know your waiter has a script everyone has a script (laughs) you know so it's hard if you're trying to learn you know to be better to get people to 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 look and Tell you about it so I think yeah fan fiction is really good for that and really good for learning what gets people attention that the problem with it is that you know people may like some things in fan fiction that they're not gonna like when they go to the movies um, you know because you can you can, Skimp a lot in fan fiction on things like backstory and characterization and description um, that you couldn't say maybe do in a novel um, because you could assume in the fan fiction everybody kind of already knows these characters.
0: How does this curation work in fan fiction? Because the great thing about the internet is there's unlimited content. The bad part about the internet is there's unlimited content.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, it depends, like, uh, you know, there are people who write reviews. Um, they may not even write a lot of fiction themselves, but they see that their role is to write reviews and rec lists. So I often tell people who are saying, well, you know, I'd really like to know what, you know, so the social network fandom was like, but I just don't know where to find anything good. And I say, well, instead of Googling social network fan fiction, why don't you try Googling, you know, social network fan fiction? wreck list and you'll find people who just curate you know recommendations of what they like or in other ways if you find like one fan fan fiction that you like usually that writer very often that writer will have other stories that they have highlighted or favorited and you you know since you like that writer chances are good you'll like things that they like and um in larger fandoms there are blogs and sometimes you know online newspapers devoted entirely to you know awards and lists and contests and all of these things that um are not that different from what you find outside of fan fiction because sort of the bigger the fan fiction the the community the harder it is to find new stories
0: who are some of the most authoritative voices in the world of just ranking fan fiction reviewing it
1: um, I, you know, I couldn't actually possibly say because there are so many different worlds, but I could say I did see USA Today, um, just added a feature in their happy ever asked after, um, uh, the section of their website. And they just had, a, a, a writer, um, Denny S. Bryce, uh, her name is just did a column, a, a column recommending some, um, fan fiction from a few different fandoms or like I know hypeable sometimes does that um but the best thing to do for individual fan like or if if you wanted to find out about my little pony um I think Equestria Daily is still the place to go to find fan fiction um, si- uh, stories that would be wrecked and um sort of have gone through some process of, of filtration. But again, it's such a huge world. I couldn't tell you what was a, a valuable source for all of fan fiction. You have to go by the individual area.
0: How do you feel about the commercialization of fan fiction?
1: Um, I, my take on that is that it is probably not the best thing for the fan fiction communities having... Um, uh, the effect um, and the community that we were describing earlier, where, you know, it can be nurturing and writers can get a lot of support, because a lot of that support was sort of predicated on the idea that nobody could make any money. So nobody was going to, nobody's time was going to be sort of taken and exploited. Now, I think still, um, the numbers of people who are earning money from fan fiction are so small that, um, it's unlikely that that's going to change anytime soon, but that's something that I worry about that as profit, um, as profit is introduced, the gift economy may suffer, although it's not happened as, as intensely as people feared. On the other hand, I think that the possibility of earning money from fan fiction has always been there. If the fan fiction sort of morphs, out of fan fiction and seems more um, contained. You know, sometimes characters start as a version of one character and then as the writer keeps writing them, they they sort of turn into something else. There's a lot of instances of people realizing that happened with their story and taking it down and rewriting it. Um, Many, 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 many of those. Uh, but, But what's happened now with people just taking their whole stories down and publishing them... I mean, at the very least, it's created some op- opportunities for women writers, and its I'm for that. So I feel like it's good for individual women writers. It might be good for the people in fan fiction hoping to become professional writers. Um, but I don't know that it's good in the long term for the fan fiction community, and that is why I always donate to Archive of Our Own every month, which is the nonprofit um, fan-organized archive.
0: Now you look at like Kindle Worlds, and it, it kind of reminds me of taking that open source storytelling, which is fan fiction, where everyone could draw from, and then figuring out how to strategically align that with their, uh, you know, platforms and different ways that they monetize content. So it's interesting that there's money to be made from that. And there's potential artists that come through it, but it also it seems a completely like, really different incentives than was really built these networks initially.
1: Yeah, I don't know any fan fiction writers that are interested in Kindle Worlds. I think in part, in very large part, it's like, you know, they want to allow you to tell stories about some things and not other things. Um, They want to say what kind of story you can and can't write. And while that makes perfect sense for people who are looking for licensing opportunities, Kindle Worlds is kind of a bad licensing agreement like if you were a writer interested in licensing i would say there's much better deals than what they're offering the kindle worlds whereas a lot of people who want to write fan fiction i mean the point is like you can do anything right anything goes and so that fan fiction impulse is considerably tamed if people are saying well okay but no sex or you know you know, nothing naughty and no bad language or, you know, whatever it is, it it sounds too aligned with the source. And that's not usually what people are looking for. Plus then there's a filter, like it has to be of a certain quality. And um, if fan picture doesn't,
0: (laughs) But is there a need for that to maybe create kind of like an offshoot of how this works? Because there's obviously this mechanism that people want to express who they are and what they're about. And the stories that they really connect with that are not being told on the mainstream. But then there's the other side is like, wow, I'm getting really good at this. I'm starting to excel in my own community. I want to see if there's a a feeder network, which is kind of uh, what Kindle Worlds is. Because it's very hard to take your work to a literary agent unless you've really proven yourself. So it's almost like a way to be somehow vetted in a way that is hybrid between... The professional world and then the more of like the, the pure like driven by you know love of the genre or like uh the ip
1: um it i if that's gonna happen i don't see it happening through amazon i just don't see that happening through I mean, the most interesting thing i've heard from from kindle worlds is is a woman and i'm gonna forget this series um uh who um Ended up writing for her own series because she was kicked off the series that she originally was writing for. It was in Vampire national- Diaries, I think. yeah, Vampire Diaries. That's right. Uh, anyway, so I thought that was pretty interesting and pretty funny. Um, but I, uh, I think what's like, I think I would recommend probably Wattpad for that um, because what publishers and agents want to see. Is right now, anyway, is read counts. They wanna see clicks. Like, that's how you um, prove yourself. But there's, on the other hand, they also kinda wanna see some basic competence. And on some of those platforms, what you find is actually, oh, it's not just the writers who don't care about. punctuation and spelling it's the readers too like they just don't care they're teenagers they're like go to hell we don't want you to correct us like go find some other thing to read if you don't like this um, but a combination but people who are successful on those platforms who are also um, getting lots of reads um, and are able to do some like rudimentary like spelling i think those are the people that are going to end up getting contracts going forward
0: so it's a lot of ways these old traditional legacy businesses that are in the part of the media are looking to these new platforms as a way to uh, discover what talent has such a engaged audience.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I would like it to be that they're looking for talent. There was a big story in Vanity Fair that made it look like some of them were talented um, that they were looking for. I mean, talking behind the scenes with a number of people in publishing and agenting um uh, before that article came out what i had heard from most people is that they're not looking for talent they are looking for total numbers they are looking for a sure thing like that was the case with 50 shades 50 shades of gray could never have gotten in the door at an agent you know without the numbers that were attached to it um it just it wasn't a novel it didn't have the structure it didn't have you know many many things that we would need from a, uh, for, from a novel Um, to get agented, but it didn't need any of that because it had readers. Um... And so once that sort of changed the paradigm, you've seen a number of other books that have been tried, they've been tried, you know, people are trying to sell them as the next 50 shades. They're not in terms of numbers, but you don't have to be the next 50 shades to make some money. And there have been a lot of authors that come have, have come out of fan fiction that have made some money for for publishers and they just haven't, you know, they haven't been hyped. But,
0: but you've also seen these numbers associated with other types of uh, creators on YouTube or Vine, you know. You know, even sure. Twitter. I interviewed this woman, Alina Smith, who sold a book based on her Twitter account. So it's almost like these gatekeepers are like not nearly fitting the same roles they used to.
1: Yeah, no, they're they're not. <laughs> they're lo- they're looking
0: at numbers. They can't really use their gut like they used to because the gut is irrelevant now. It's all about looking at analytics.
1: Well, I don't know that it's totally irrelevant. I mean, I think you talk to people, especially on the. I mean, this, none of this would really hold true on the literary side of things, right? Um, but the literary side of things is not where people are making money. But I think um, when you, uh, I think when you see, um, you're going to see, you're going to see a hybrid. You're just going to see more paths, more different kinds of paths towards publication or towards getting your your movie made um, but I don't think that gut by a proven agent is going to go anyway go away anytime soon but I also mean that-
0: maybe the gatekeeper is not, not as diverse of a um, you know background or like race ethnicity orientation that there used to be this type I mean maybe that's oversimplification of it it's not uh, but maybe <laughs> then I'll continue with this is that maybe the idea is that someone wants to see a talking orange or somebody wants to see a Twitter account by a tree or something completely that no one's thinking of or a narrative that's all based on a character that's underrepresented, someone who's transgender or whatever it is that, that, you know, you know, these, these gatekeepers have their gut of what they think, but they have that limited worldview. But if you create something that really sparks, it's, it's, it's very hard. It's really hard to deny it. If it just has that traction. you know, you just look at the numbers and people realize that whatever you're doing is really, you know, has a strong following. And back in the day, there was no way to really measure that as much.
1: I, yeah, I think absolutely. I think you're 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 absolutely right. And that that diversity of um, of opinion and outlook is one of the going to be one of the big contributions of. Um, fan fiction, but as you say, not just fan fiction. Um, and like you see, I mean, I'm really interested in, um, this, uh, black girl nerds podcast. Um, for example, where, cause when I first started looking at fan culture and fan fiction, like I knew there were black girl nerds because like I, grew up with some of them and like I, I I would run into them at cons and I'd be like, oh look, you know, you're wearing a superhero outfit. Like, you know, let's talk. Um, but when I was looking online in fandom, like they weren't necessarily identifying themselves by race. And not like they should have to, but it just made it harder to find um that perspective when I was actively looking for it. And this site, Black Girl Nerds, you know, the woman, Jamie Broadnax, who who runs it, she was having, you know, she had had the same experience. She's like, hey, I know we're here, but where are we? So she just started this site and it's just gotten, it's getting more and more traction. She's like smart, funny perspective on pop culture that's, you know, primarily, but not exclusively African-American. And it's just great. It's super smart. But if you look around at like who are the top, reviewers and media commentators at like the old world brick and mortar institutions. Let me tell you, they're not black girl nerds, you know. And so, um I, I love that. I want more of that.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood 2.0. Make sure to get a copy of Fic, why fan fiction is taking over the world, and you can follow me on Twitter at petercats1. And this lovely track on this podcast is from Conan Moccasin. And um, I'm going to butcher the name. It's called It's Twade, my dear.